be quick, but don't rush. Because sometimes a lot of the stress comes from trying to move ourselves or little people with us faster than is actually possible. And we're really pushing and just adding extra stress to this situation. I once met a cab driver. He seemed relaxed and I commented on this and he said, well, you know, first year driving, it was really tough. I was just a wreck. I couldn't go on like this. So I had to decide how can I get to where I need to go? But sometimes things are going to happen that are out of my control. I just have to let that go. Welcome to another episode of the Poised Powerful Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mahan. I coach movement, alignment, and the empowerment that comes from understanding how your body works. This podcast is all about helping regular people adapt to the physical and emotional challenges of new parenthood and hearing some good stories from people getting the crash course. Hey folks, this is Sarah today with a solo episode giving you some helpful tips for your travels. My family is going to go on a family vacation very soon, and because of COVID, I'm a little bit out of practice traveling. So if Like me, you're feeling a little bit nervous. I'm hoping some of these tips will help you feel a little bit better. It's pretty common for travel to leave our bodies a bit out of sorts. And even, you know, on occasions that are fun or supposed to be fun, they can still be stressful. So I'm going to talk about some of the common things. that tend to show up when people are traveling, and hopefully a couple of suggestions just to make things a little bit easier. Because especially when you're a parent, every little bit that we can take the pressure off of ourselves, spare some of our energy, it does count. Now, one of my big sources of stress is always (laughs) being places on time. And with travel, especially, you know, air travel, or if you have to make a plane or a train at a certain time, this is pretty much unavoidable. You have to be somewhere on time. And just there are a couple things that you might notice about yourself when you're really feeling that stress. So something that sometimes happens to us is in this sort of fight or flight state, we sometimes go into sort of a tunnel vision. And this might be when you notice sometimes you get like clumsy or bump into people. It's like you literally don't see them. Tunnel vision, you're not really seeing what's going on around you. You might be adding extra tension into your body. We can feel like this is giving us extra energy or we need the effort to move, but it might not be serving us. And another thing we might be doing is we might either be breathing very quickly or holding our breath. So this is just something to pay attention to. Can you be quick but not rush? I know, it sounds a little bit like a Zen Cohen or something. Be quick but don't rush. Because sometimes a lot of the stress comes from trying to move ourselves or little people with us faster than is actually possible. And we're really pushing and just adding extra stress to this situation. I once met a cab driver who was a really interesting guy, and he seemed relaxed. And I 
commented on this and he said, well, you know, first year driving, it was really tough on me. It was tough on my family. I was always stressed. I've had to get there. I have to get the, you know, the person there as fast as possible. And, you know, I was just a wreck and I was snapping at my family and it was just, I couldn't go on like this. So I had to decide how can I get to where I need to go? But sometimes things are going to happen that are out of my control. And I just have to let that go. And we get there when we get there. So just a little nugget to take on your way. We're going to go into some of the physical situations that might show up. Lifting suitcases. Ooh, that's really common. Obviously, pack light if you can, but it's not always an option. When you're packing and unpacking, you know, you always want to get as close to the suitcase as possible if, you know, bending down is a strain on you. Most hotels, that's why they have those little, they're like little folding stands. So you don't put the suitcase on the bed. You might not want to put the suitcase on your own bed, but you could put down a sheet or boost it up with other furniture. When you have to pick up the suitcase, especially if, say, you're at the point in security at the airport where you have to pick it up and get it on that conveyor belt, which is, you know, about waist high, and you're often trying to move through as quickly as possible, again, just take a beat, take that time to set yourself up. It's just a second or two. Get as close as possible to the suitcase. You're going to want to have one hand on each handle. Most wheelie suitcases have a handle at the top and at the side. Depending on the relative height of you and of the suitcase, you are going to be either going from a squat and think a hip sway back, butt back squat, not a plie type squat, or you're going to take a sort of a one knee down lunge if that makes sense, get as close as possible to the suitcase, get as close as possible to the conveyor belt. Think down into your feet to bring the suitcase up. Similarly, we might be lifting kids. So some similar principles apply. We want to get as close as possible to the kiddo. And we're going to come from that, you know, one deep knee down, kneel slash lunge, or a hips back squat. And you're going to want to bring them as close to your center as possible when you're lifting them rather than tensing your arms and overusing your arms and shoulders. Some people find it useful to exhale when they are lifting. I always have that thought of thinking down to come up. So down into my heels, letting my heels land on the ground, drop on the ground as I unfold my legs and put the child into the seat or wherever they need to go. Your kid can also help you. Something I do whenever I have picked up my son, starting when he was little, is I would say one, two, three, up, and one, two, three, down. It would let him know what to expect. And obviously, the older kids get, the more they can be useful, and they can help you by being ready and by, you know, holding on with their arms and legs so you don't have to work as hard to support their body. Car seats obviously make this difficult because you do have to twist and turn sometimes. So I have a fairly small car, and so I have to kneel on the seat close to the car seat, and I try to rotate from my rib cage. 
You can put your hands on the sides of your ribs and just notice, can you rotate a bit from your rib cage rather than torquing your body in some crazy weird way? Rushing, we can kind of get ahead of ourselves, especially with car seats and all the straps and all the things that are annoying about them. So take a beat if you need to, exhale, release the tension out of your hands. If you have kind of a littler kid, like sort of toddler age, some people really like something called the Tush Baby. I'll have a link in the comments. It's a little shelf, basically, that you wear around your waist. So rather than getting them in and out of a carrier, you can pop their tush up onto this shelf, you know, as needed. And it has something that they can rest their butt on. So you're doing a little bit less work when you're holding them and you're not just balancing them on one hip, which can get kind of painful sometimes. When pushing strollers and luggage carts, again, if we get in that hurry, notice if you are expressing that with sort of a death grip in your hands, it's not actually helping you get there faster. And, you know, you're just sort of burning off extra energy. Be conscious if you're really adding that extra push, dropping your upper body to the cart. You want to think up from the crown of your head, and you shouldn't have to exert loads of pressure to push a stroller or a cart unless it's, you know, super, super heavy. Your walking should allow the wheels to push forward. So as much as you can, just allow you walking forward to exert the force to move that stroller or that cart forward. We're on the way (laughs) to where we need to go. We're going to move on to the actual travel itself. We're going to start with being on an airplane. And as everybody knows, those seats are way too small and they're not especially comfortable. Should you bring something on the plane to make yourself more comfortable? I personally like to bring a hoodie and a scarf. Planes are cold. Sometimes I want to be able to shield my eyes if I'm sleepy. And the scarf sometimes can double as that blanket. You could also bring your own little travel blanket. I don't love those donut pillows. If you imagine they have this big roll that goes behind your neck, and that tends to push the neck forward. The way most airline seats are designed now, the seat is already pushing your neck forward, which can already be a strain. So what I suggest is to use a folded blanket or sweatshirt. You can fold it or roll it up and put it behind your low back. So this gets your torso a little more forward. So hopefully you have a little more space from that headrest to take the strain off of your neck. When I do want to sleep, I don't get a special pillow. I try to get the window side so I can lean against the wall. You know, obviously getting a pillow or a folded blanket between my ear and the wall so I'm not cricking my neck. As you're sitting, obviously the seats are way too small. You might be sitting next to a stranger. You might be stressed out about breathing the same air as other people. So just be conscious of how you're reacting. Notice if you're tensing your body to try to take up less space. So we're often holding our breath a little bit or pulling our arms really tight into our torso. Can you let your arms rest a little bit? Let your hands be on your lap and breathe into your back and your side ribs. So if you're a nervous flyer, 
really important to just keep breathing and release extra tension. Get up and move as much as you can. Obviously, the aisle seat is best for this. Some flights are better than others. But even if it's just standing up and, you know, reaching up, doing a couple calf raises, everything does count. When I'm off the plane, I don't like to follow sitting with sitting. I like to walk, stand by window. Some places have a play area for kids or even a prayer or meditation room that you can check out. My go-to for relaxing my back is usually constructive rest, but you might not want to lie down on an airport floor, and I respect that. So I sometimes do something where I stand in front of a wall. Usually you can find a wall, and I just, I'll have my feet half a step from the wall, and then I just lean back against the wall, just let my back sort of unscrunch itself. So if you imagine like a like a sponge, if you squished it in, just imagine what would happen if you stopped squishing the sponge and it just popped out to its natural shape. Another thing I like to do, again, you can usually find a wall, just putting my hands against the wall and bringing my hips back. So folding over from the hips, putting the hands against the wall and bringing my hips back in space in order to lengthen out my back. When you get to your final destination, probably good to do a constructive rest. If you haven't done this before, this is lying down on the floor, a yoga mat, or you can use a bed. You want to put paperback books or a towel underneath your head to keep it level. You have your knees bent, feet flat knees pointed to the ceiling. And you let your body just sort of undo everything that it has been doing. And you just give yourself time to rest and reset, to unscrunch yourself and to let your spine passively lengthen in this position, which it does if you give it some time. We'll have a link in the comments for how to do constructive rest in an audio guide that you can play. Driving can also be pretty stressful on the back. As you drive, make sure you adjust the seat as best as you can. I like my seat a little bit more level. Most car seats are designed to tip slightly back. So I like my knees to be lower than my hips. If you tend toward sciatica or tailbone pain, I've tried out different driving cushions and not really like them. But I have found that sometimes just a small rolled up towel, even the size of a hand towel, and putting that under my sit bones can make a really big difference in comfort. Sometimes when driving, our neck also gets tense. So especially if you're experiencing eye strain, in that case, you might want to take a break. But sometimes we find ourselves bringing our face forward toward the road. Now instead... I want you to give yourself the thought to think up and over, up from the top of your head and over the steering wheel. Release the death grip with your hands. Let your elbows drop a bit. So you have the steering wheel that's supporting your hands so you don't have to be holding them up from your shoulders. Taking breaks is super important. I don't do anything elaborate, but if you want to think of doing the opposite of what you've just been doing for however many hours. So reaching up, swinging your legs, anything that gets your leg behind you, lunges, 
leg swings. Something to notice is, you know, because of the way we drive, and especially if you're driving automatic, you might be using your right leg more and your right butt might get more tired. So after travel, just notice if if your hips are not quite sitting level and just try to be conscious of that. Again, constructive rest when you get to your location. And I like to add just gently moving the legs in order to release some of that tension that can come along with driving that can show up in the legs. So just things like one at a time, slowly sliding one leg away from you and sliding back or making a little windshield wiper motion with the knees. So we've gotten to where we're going. Another thing that might show up to stress us a bit is sleeping in a weird bed. So it's already a bit stressful to sleep in an unfamiliar environment. And then the bed is often one that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. Too lumpy, too saggy, too hard, too soft. So wherever possible, take inventory of what pillow support you have available to you. You might be able to bring your own pillow and that can make a big difference. In most hotels, you can request more and different kinds of pillows, especially if you ask for an allergy-free pillow. That's going to be a foam pillow. So if you don't like down pillows, that is an option. You also don't have to use a pillow as a pillow. You could use a folded towel or blanket if the pillow is too puffy. Another thing you can do for neck support is to roll up a small towel in a roll and just stick that in the pillowcase around where your neck would go. And you kind of build up that pillow to apply additional neck support. If you don't like the bed's texture, you know, maybe you can request or find extra linens or blankets and layer those on top. If you have a lot of pillows, build yourself your pillow fortress, try to hug one in your arms to support your shoulders if they're tired, or put one between your knees to support your low back. This might be more of a suggestion if you're going to a place you know, staying with a friend or family member, but can you get a mattress topper to bring with you? One that's either more supportive or more soft. If this is a place you stay frequently, maybe you can leave it there. It's kind of a host gift. Play it off that way. It might help make the situation a little bit better. Again, it's already a bit stressful to sleep in a strange bed, so just make sure you take the time to wind down. Do something like a body scan. I like to go either top to bottom, like head to toe or toes to head, and scan my whole body, notice what's happening, ask each body part to soften into the bed, and just breathe softly and slowly. So it often takes a little bit extra time to wind down when we're traveling. So those are some very common physical situations that show up when we're traveling. I'm going to just bring my attention to one more thing, which is that being with our families, visiting people we haven't seen in a while, can throw us into old stress patterns. So if you're seeing a family member and are like, wow, why is this bringing out my inner teenager? That's a bit of what is going on. And sometimes tension from this type of situation 
can show up as aches and pains and tension in our bodies. So ask yourself if there is any way you can make a situation easier on yourself, any way that you can protect some boundaries, maybe around physical space or some time, you know, for yourself or time to decompress, time to not be following another family member's schedule. Maybe, you know, we're going to be in close proximity and, you know, that boundary is going to be noticing our own sense of reactivity. If we're drawn into an old pattern or argument, it can almost happen without us thinking. As much as you can, just knowing that this is something that might show up and being as gentle as you can with yourself, recognizing that we are all human. And even if we love our family and even if we're having fun, you know, fun things can be stressful and expectations to have fun can be stressful. We know with children that being off their routine can really throw them. And I think sometimes we don't recognize this for ourselves as adults, that being off of our routine, you know, not having our usual exercise or meals that we like to have can really throw us. So reset where you can instead of just rushing from thing to thing as much as you possibly can. Cut yourself some slack and take some time in nature, wherever possible that can be really grounding and memorable for your trip. I am wishing you safe travels. If you liked these tips, make sure to follow me on Instagram, where we will be having some visuals up for you to refer to. You can also see me for a lesson, either in person in Chicago or on Zoom, before or after your travels, or you can drop into my Sunday night Zoom group where we will be doing some of the restorative work that I have mentioned to rest and reset our bodies. Happy travels and take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Poised Powerful Parenting. I'd love it if you shared this episode with a friend who you think would benefit from it. If you'd like to know more about movement and mindfulness for new and expecting parents, head over to poisedpowerfulparenthood.com for support. I hope you find the support you need because you are growing and changing too.